Thank you for coming tonight. Did y'all have a nice long midweek weekend? Good. I'm excited. Sweet. Um, cool. Well, glad y'all are here. Hey, that's what I like to hear, man. Um, yeah, so we have, I want to welcome y'all. Heather, that was awesome. Lauren, that was so cool. Um, man, Lord's speaking tonight. Y'all excited? Let's go. Okay, cool. So we just finished. What did we just finish? Do y'all remember? Y'all just finished sinning. That's what I like to hear. Let's go. Uh, yeah, so we just finished our series on sin, um, and we're in this series called, what is it called? Normal Christian Life. Yes. Um, and so I realized that tonight we actually had a crossover in our, in our mini-series. Did y'all know that? Did you? That's awesome. Um, hey, let's go. Uh, yeah, so we had a crossover, and tonight we are in part two, technically, of the normal Christian birth, okay? So what I mean by that is I'm talking. I got you, Sean. I got you, Sean. Uh, Sean taught me things just like he always does. Thank you, Sean. Y'all give it up for Sean. He's incredible. Hey, yeah, okay, so this is awesome, Normal Christian Birth. I totally stole this from somebody called David Pawson. That is what I like to hear. Um, and he said it's easy. You spell rubber, take out the vowels, R-B-B-R. Repent, believe, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. That is how you are born again, okay? Um, so tonight, I'm talking about belief. I'm talking about faith, okay? So I'm going to pray. Jesus, we love you. Um, God, I just pray that you would, uh, yeah, help us to be ready to hear from you, Lord. God, I know that you're going to speak tonight. God, I pray that you would, um, yeah, that you would just use me um, in your hands, Lord. Um, speak through me, Father God. Help me to not go, just, just go through the motions. Help us to not just go through the motions being here tonight, God. It's not just another Thursday night. It's a time to hear from you, Holy Spirit. We love you, God. We trust you, and we're excited to hear from you, Lord. In your name I pray, amen. All right, so talking about faith, okay? Faith, what was it we talked about last week? Repentance, right? I remember that? Dude, that was awesome. Uh, okay, so repentance, just as repentance was a condition of salvation, so also faith is a condition of salvation. Faith and repentance should always go together when it comes to faith in God, okay? So faith, repentance. You can't really have one without the other. Y'all got y'all's Bibles? A couple of y'all. Y'all bring your Bibles, man. They're a big deal. Y'all should read these things. Um, okay, so open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. It's towards the end. Um, and uh, we're just going to read the first verse, okay? I'm going to read it. Um, it, says, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And then verse 2 says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author, in some translations it says, pioneer and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, and so that's why I think repentance and faith have to go together. Okay? Um, because you have to repent first and then you have faith. Let us lay aside sin and then look to Jesus. 
Without repentance, here's essentially what I'm trying to say. Without repentance, we're putting our faith into something with no foundation. You're just like, it's like a bottomless pit. You can just put all the faith you want in there, and it's not going to make any difference, okay? The, the repentance is going to be the part that kind of sets the foundation, and as we fill it with faith, we're going to see change, okay? But repentance, or sorry, faith without repentance is a broken system. Does that make sense? Okay. So faith is the second step. So we're going to look at this. What is faith? Faith is like, y'all, faith is really funny because it's like, um, you know, like if you type in faith like on Google. Okay, first of all, who here uses Google? Almost everybody. Okay, be really careful. That's all I have to say. Google is a great tool, but it is also a very dangerous tool. But when it comes to faith, um, you could type in faith and, and, like, anything would come up, right? Like, oh, faith in, you know, you can have faith in your, in your schoolwork. You can have faith in um, any really, like, other religion or worldview encompasses, like, faith, right? Faith is just kind of like this. It's kind of like love or, like, happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of this idea that people have. Um, that doesn't pertain to, like, one specific, you know, worldview or group of people. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, for example, the other day I, like, looked something up, and it was, like, forgiveness. And, like, legit everything that came up about forgiveness was, like, about Jesus. It was just, like, the, if you type in forgiveness on Google, like, all the news stories and everything is, like, all about Jesus. So forgiveness is very much, like, a Christian, um, like, component. You know what I'm saying? Like, most other worldviews or religions you don't have forgiveness because you're not forgiven of anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't, like, play a part there. But for us, we understand uh, with, like, a Christian worldview that, like, that, like forgiveness is a big deal, right? Um, but, but what about faith? Faith seems it's like it's just kind of like this universally human idea, right? Um, so if you flip back one chapter from where we just were, Hebrews 11, um, chapter 11, verse 1, it's like, I really like definitions, especially like when I'm speaking so that we can all be on the same page. So I'm not saying like faith and y'all are like, oh yeah, I had faith for lunch. You know, like it doesn't even make any sense. Um, I want us to be on the same page. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's substance and evidence, Okay. Um, so substance, I'm just going to talk about that for a second. Um, in the, in the Greek, like what this is translated from that word substance is like stand up under. Okay. Um, and so let me, let me take y'all back. All right. I'll tell you a little story. When I was younger, me and my friend, um, we were very young. We had just finished playing Tony Hawk pro skater on N64, a new, a new game. Okay. Um, we, we just finished and we were, Oh, so we had done that that morning, and then we were coming back from Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's, right? Like, this is big boy Chuck E. Cheese. Time to go. I had my friend's mom was driving us, and we were jamming to the Backstreet Boys Black and Blue CD that I had just got. Probably listening to Shape My Heart or The Call. And, you know, Nick Lachey, right? Nick Lachey? No. Who was his name? That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, his voice like fades out right and my friend sitting next to me in the back seat because that's where small children sit and he looks at his mom and he's like mom <laughs> like like dead serious like mom if you die soon can you ask god to like make pokemon real <laughs> and i was like yeah can you that'd be awesome 
was like so dumb. <laughs> so that is what I'm talking not about, okay? This is the substance of things hoped for. That is not real. You cannot stand up under that no matter how much you wish this could happen. I mean, every, probably every guy, maybe girls, I don't know. But every guy in here, you're like, dude, that would be the bomb. Like, if that could happen, let's go. Um, but we can't stand up under that. That is not faith, okay? That's like sort of hope, but it's mostly fantasy, okay? What the faith I'm talking about is substance. C.S. Lewis says it like this. Faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. Faith is the art of holding on to things your reason had, has once accepted. So it's something that has to, has to have, like, happened here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you actually have to believe it. And whether, like, your moods change, that's, that's like, doesn't matter. What matters is, like, whether it's up here. So that's the substance of things hoped for, Okay. And the second part, evidence of things not seen. Uh, what are we actually putting our faith in? I believe, I believe the Bible is the word of God. Some of y'all do, some of y'all don't, okay? Hope most of us do. And I hope as you read it, you'll see that the same way. But not because it says so. I don't believe the Bible is the word of God because it says so, okay? That would be like kind of crazy for me to do that. I believe the Bible is the word of God because God says so, okay? His character is expressed through the Bible, but I don't just take the Bible's word for it. Do y'all know what I'm saying? Like, I trust in a person, not just in, like, his words, okay? I don't even, I don't even really trust the promises of, of God more than I trust his character. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Like, a little bit different there? Faith is a promise, not nothing. Faith has to be in a person. We can trust him, God, because he's chosen to reveal his character to us, okay? Uh, so that's the, that's the evidence of things not seen. Francis Schaeffer, do y'all know who he is? Okay. Dude, that's, that is a correct response. Um, he, he told a story like this. He said, um, imagine you're on an alpine expedition, okay? Y'all go there with me. You're, you're hiking through the Alps. You go up the mountain, and then you've summited it, and then you're coming back down to base camp, okay? But you're about halfway through, and, um, and like, it gets really bad conditions, okay? You're, you're, like, behind schedule. It starts to get dark. It starts to get really cold. And the worst part is it starts to get really, really foggy, okay? This fog's rolling in. And so you're like, man, you're with your friends, and you're like, dude, we have to get down tonight. If we don't get down tonight, we are dead. We didn't, we didn't plan for this. It's too cold. We don't have food. We don't have stuff to make a fire. Like, we are done for if we don't get down to base camp, right? And then one of your friends says, okay, you know what? And they're just like, I've had enough. Um, and they're like, I will, I will walk up to this ledge. I can't see anything. But I'm going to die either way, right? And so I'm just going to go ahead and jump. I'm going to take a leap of faith and hope that there is a ledge about 10 feet below me, right? And if I can do that, then I'll live. I'll be able to be under the fog. I'll be able to see my way down, and I'll be able to tell you guys, hey, follow my voice, right? That type of thing. That is, that is not evidence, okay? That is just faith. That's like a leap of faith, and that is like honestly like silly, okay? Like that's faith in chance, faith in faith, like whatever you want to call it. That's like the faith you can Google, you know what I'm saying? Um, but here's the other alternative you have. 
you've given up all hope. You're like yelling, like screaming, like help us, help us, help us. SOS, you know, you're like throwing flares, like all these things. I'd be doing anything. Um, and you hear this voice, and the voice says this. I know you're there, and I know you're in really, really bad shape. You guys are in big trouble. I've lived in these mountains for six decades and know them better than anyone alive. I want you to follow my voice. I want you to go ahead, walk up to the ledge, and drop down. Now, trust me, there will be about a 10-foot drop, but you're going to make it. And if you believe in me, you will live. You will be warm tonight. You'll be able to get dinner, and you do not have to die tonight. Don't die for no reason. I want to help you, okay? So that's like faith that has like real evidence. You see what I'm saying? Like there's something to trust in, like a person. Do you all see what I'm saying? Okay, now this is the difference between those two. The second one has evidence, and the second one takes humility. And this is the scary part of having faith. We do it all the time, okay? It's just giving up the driver's seat to someone else. When you get in your friend's car, or when you get on one of these buses, or on the PRT. I mean, PRT is like a leap of faith. You don't know who's driving that thing. That thing's crazy. Um, Like a plane, like you have substance. You're like, dude, this is a plane. It works. I've seen proof. And then there's evidence. I hope there's a pilot. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's faith there. Y'all see what I'm saying? It's not a crazy thing, but it takes humility. But we do this figuratively too. That was like kind of literal. But like figuratively, whenever you ask for someone's advice, right? Or you ask for, you go to like, uh, ask for counsel. Like, hey, I need wisdom here. Um, or, you know, you go to your professor, you go to your parents, all these different things. And, and please hear me rightly, like typically that's a wise choice. Going to a counselor, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like usually this stuff help, helps because that person has knowledge or wisdom that they can like impart to you, right? But we do this. It takes faith to do that. Um, and so when we think about this, when I'm talking about like true saving faith, that's putting faith into Jesus, okay? And I mean, Jesus doesn't really like, he shouldn't get our faith because he made us or even really because he loved us, right? It's just honestly our best option, okay? He's the most valuable one in the universe. He's the most wise. He cares the most, and he has the most experience. When you think about Jesus, like, asking him for help with something, it's like asking, like, someone who's been through it all, basically. And, like, and, and you can't even imagine someone like that other than him because he's been through it all for so long. Um, so I want to ask you this. Will you be able to stand based on what you put your faith in? Will you be able to stand based on what you put your faith in? I heard someone say, uh, like, tell a story. He was, like, kind of talking about this humility idea of faith. And he was, um, he was in, like, on the West Coast, right, where everyone's different. Um, and, and he was like, okay, you know, he's talking about faith. And, and, and one of the guys stands up, uh, like, right there. Like, if you stood up, Elias, you'd be like, hey, um, wh- why, do we, why does it have to be Jesus, right? Which is, like, a great question. Hopefully, you guys are asking that, like, continuously. Like, why does it have to be Jesus, right? Um, and, and the guy's like, you know what? That's a great question. Uh, I have other, you know, I'm open to other alternatives or other opportunities. Like, who, do you, who would you say? And he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, how about me? And, uh, and the guy talking, he was like, well, that's easy because you're not smart enough and you're not good enough. So go ahead and sit down. 
Um, and that's true, y'all. That's like real humility. That's me. You know what I'm saying? When I think that I can run my life, when I think I can make the best decisions for me, when I think I'm the smartest one around or, the, or like the best one around, that's me. You know what I'm saying? Will you succeed? Will you be sustained and fulfilled? Will you ultimately be happy and successful through what you put your faith in? And then this is like, this is like a really big question. Is this all just silly? Like, is this all just like, like a human like response to fear? You know what I'm saying? Like a coping mechanism. Um, and I, and I like kind of think about that sometime. Like, like is prayer, faith, like is this stuff like just making me feel good from the inside, or is it like from an outside thing? Like, is there evidence? Um, and A.W. Tozer answered this question for, uh, for me really well. I think it's going to come up. It says, "Real faith, yeah, real faith is not the stuff dreams are made of." Rather, it is tough, practical, and altogether realistic. Faith sees the invisible, but it does not see the non-existent. Dude, that is good. Sees the invisible, but does not see the non-existent. Faith is not just wishful thinking, and it's not just fantasy, okay? Um, so check this out. Turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Um, uh, chapter 14, verse 22. This is such a sweet idea of what faith really looks like, okay? It's like really telling. Uh, I'm going to start. It says, And straight away Jesus con um, constrained his disciples to get into his ship and go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the middle of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was going crazy. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, or it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter came down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Um, and you're like, man, you're probably going to tell me I'm like Peter. Uh, okay, check this out. This is crazy. Jesus, did y'all see what he said? He told him, Peter, Peter like thought about this, right? A lot of people are like, oh man, Peter kind of has like a bad rep, you know, like, oh, he's so crazy, he'll say anything. But Peter actually, because he was the oldest disciple, um, he was kind of like the, the mouthpiece for all the other disciples. So they'd like go up to him and be like, hey, Peter, I bet you want to ask Jesus this. Um, and because Jesus was like a great friend, he would always say these things. 
But, like, Peter initiated this, okay? He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the sea. And Jesus was like, come on. Like, he never once stopped him. And then he said, when, when Peter started to sink, he said, you're of little faith. And I don't know. I've been thinking about this for a while. And when he says, Peter, you have little faith, what I think he's saying is you, you're putting your faith in little things. You put your faith in little things. First of all, you look at it and it says, oh, they, they thought it was a ghost, right? Like, these dudes have never seen a ghost before. Like, it's so crazy to me. Like, before this, literally right before this, Jesus performed a miracle. He fed 5,000 people from, like, a little bit of food. Before that, there's healings. There's all these different things that Jesus is doing. And they think it's a ghost walking on the water. Like, like where is the disconnect there? You know what I'm saying? Um, but here's the deal. When it comes to Peter... He realizes it's Jesus because he knows his voice and he's friends with him, right? And so when he says, let me come to you, he's like, he's like putting all of his faith in Jesus. Just like we talked about in Hebrews 12, turning away from the sins that entice us, right, and looking unto Jesus. He did that. But what happened was he got distracted. And when I think Jesus said, you're of little faith, you're putting your faith in little things, when he saw the wind, when he saw the circumstances, all those different things, instead of looking to his God, his Lord, his Jesus, he started to see the other things, and he put his faith and trust in those, right? And that's what we do. We do this all the time. We can put our faith in whatever we want, but to, to have great things happen, we have to put our faith in great things. All right. Flip back. Hebrews 12, we're all over the place. Not really. We just read this, but I want to read it again. This is like, y'all, Hebrews, y'all should read Hebrews this week. It's super good. Um, I'm going to read the first three verses of Hebrews 12. It says, uh, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. And then the next verse, verse 4, it says, you have not restrained unto blood striving against sin. You've never strived so hard against sin that you started to bleed. Right? Like, if you have, that's crazy. Um, but, but Jesus is like our perfect example. This is, this is like saying that he is the great thing that we can put our faith in in order for us to have great, great faith. Because when we put our faith in him, he perfects it. Even if it's a small amount of faith, he perfects that faith and makes it greater. Because it's in a great person. He's our example in conflict. He's our example when we're put to shame. He's our example when we um, are, are enduring hard things. He's our example when we're tempted by sin. All these things, Jesus is showing us how to do it, right? Um, Eric Sawyer, uh, yeah. Uh, he said, he wrote a book uh, basically all about faith, and he said this, this looking unto Jesus is at the same time looking away from something else. We just talked about that. Looking unto Jesus is looking away, 
You're looking away, you're repenting from sin, and you're looking unto Jesus, right? You're looking to where you're going. You're, you're, you're putting your faith in someone who's real. When I think about this idea of faith, um, I think about this guy, David Wilkerson. Dude, David Wilkerson's like such a boss, man. That's him. He's like a super good hero. Um, so he's from Pennsylvania. Dalton is a lot like David Wilkerson. He's a country boy from Pennsylvania. Can I say that? You are, dude. That's cool. That's a good man to be like, okay? Okay, David Wilkerson grew up farmer, um, and God called him. I don't know if you all know the story of crossing the switchblade. Dude, it's so good. Um, there's a book, if you don't know, there's a book about his life, and, uh, and you should get it. You really should. And read it, not just get it. Um, so he basically, God called him to go to New York City. This is like back in the days where, um, like, y'all know war- the Warriors? Do y'all know about that? Not the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Like gangs. Y'all know what I'm saying? But like, kind of like, kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying. Uh, all right. So he got called, and there were these, there were these teenagers they're just young I mean like the average age was like 15 or 16 years old in these gangs in New York and um don't think like gangsters you know what I'm saying like this is like just lonely kids who don't have anything else to do so they resort to violence drugs sex you know what I'm saying like you know what I mean okay so he saw he heard about these kids they're like they're like young I think they're like 14 15 they had brutally murdered another kid in like broad daylight in a park in New York Uh, I think the kid was, like, in a wheelchair. So it was just, like, this awful tragedy. And God was like, hey, I want you to go talk to them. And Dave Wilkerson's, like, you know, this, like, country guy. Like, what do you, I don't even know how to get to New York. And God's like, I'm going to take care of it. His faith carried him through his fear. Okay? His relationship with God, because David Wilkerson knew God so well, he, he didn't even, like, worry about what was going to happen. He knew that God had him, his best interest, his family's best interest, and these young teenagers' best interest in mind. He cared deeply about them. It's a long book, but long story, I'll sum up some of it. Uh, he ends up meeting some gang leaders of several of the gangs in Manhattan. These are, like, bad dudes. Like, they, they have, like, gang, like, wars, like, in the middle of the streets. The cops, like, let it happen. Like, bats, knives, you know, like, big brawls. And he, like, he like gets some of these guys saved because he trusted in God, because he put his faith in God and obeyed him. These guys turned away from violence, money, sex, drugs. Like, a lot of, the, it was guys and girls. The girls were, like, prostitutes, and they were, like, turning away from this stuff. All because David Wilkerson had the faith in his God that he would use him if he would be obedient and usable, right? So he turned away, and he turned his face towards Jesus, Right? Y'all can come up, Ben. This might seem like a small story, like, oh, okay, this is like eight people, right? Like, that's still significant, but y'all know what I'm saying. Because of David Wilkerson's faith, people around the world, like internationally, are still being rehabilitated. Um, They're still being, um, like, they're turning away from addiction to whatever because of something called Teen Challenge. I don't know if y'all have heard about this. But, it, like, some, 
I don't, some of y'all might know people in Teen Challenge. Some of y'all might have gone through Teen Challenge. Like, this is a huge deal. People are still, like, eternities are still being, people are being saved, and eternities are being changed because of Dave Wilkerson's faith, right? And it might have been a little bit of faith, but it was in something big. It was in Jesus, right? I'm going to read a little part. Oh, yeah, throughout the book, he, like, there's, like, so many quotes that just start out, like, Jesus, I believe. That's, like, a big deal. Like, like he believed in Jesus. Um, it says this, how are you going to handle such things? Basically, um, he's, like, he's like wanting to start Teen Challenge. And he says, how are you going to handle s- such things when you meet them? Let me tell you the answer to my own question. Instead of looking at these things, you've got to keep your eye focused on the central heart of the gospel. What would you say that is? This is his grandpa talking to him. This is Wilkerson. He says, I looked him in the eye. I've never... I've heard my own grandfather often enough on this subject. I said, to give him an answer from his own sermons, the heart of the gospel is changed. Sorry, the heart of the gospel is change. It is transformation. It is being born again to a new life. The heart of Christ's message is extremely simple. An encounter with God, a real one, means change. Y'all, that is like, that is like what faith is about. The heart of the gospel is change. If y'all want to grow, that's change. That comes from faith in God. If y'all want to, if y'all want to like be different, that comes from faith in God. Like all these things come from Him. All change comes from Him. We choose, we choose where to put our faith. When we choose to put it in God and repent, we're able to receive true salvation. And some of y'all are like, okay. Yes, okay, I get that. Like, I've been saved. Like, now what? Like, what is, what are, where are we going with this, okay? And here's my question for everybody. What will I choose to dedicate my life to, okay? My life. Not like life whole, but like, like life moment by moment by moment by moment by moment, okay? The currency of my life and all of our lives is time. That's all we have to give. A friend told me this, time is the most precious gift in our possession, for it is the most irrevocable. Y'all realize, like, every second you waste, like, it's not coming back. It's not like money, like, oh, yeah, I can make that back. I had a tough break, you know, whatever. But time is gone. And so what will I choose to dedicate my life to? What we invest our time into is called faith. And we have to be smart with investments. Will you invest it in something that's unworthy? Will you put it in, in something that's sketchy, that uses your money, your money and, or your time and charges you know, fees without telling you? Or will you invest it into something great, something that's been proven to re- have returns of either 30, 60, or 100-fold? Y'all, this isn't like, oh, I hope, I hope like following Jesus works. Because it does, Okay. Like, we can look at the lives of men and women throughout history and see how they've been changed. We can look at cultures that have been changed because of this. We can look at men's lives and the lives that they've affected because of the faith they've had in God. We can do this. It's not like, oh, man, that's for them. Like, this is the same Jesus that used David Wilkerson. This is the same Jesus that used Peter and, and, and Paul and, you know, William Carey and all these, like, heroes that we have that have changed the course of history can use each one of us. Y'all see that? Y'all believe that? For real? It doesn't sound like it. Do y'all believe that? 
Like, that's a big deal. When we think about who Jesus is and we look to him, we know that he has our best interest in mind. Looking to Jesus changes everything. We've lost our way because we've lost our sense of direction in Christ. When we turn away from our sins and point towards Jesus, something has to change. God wants us to live in the moment and look towards eternity. He wants us to be actively present here in our own lives, with our friends, with our families, with the the decisions we make. But he wants us to do it all in light of seeking him and following where he's at. The purpose of faith is relationship and power. This isn't just a fantasy. It's believing in the person of Jesus and his promises. John 14, 12 says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do greater things than these because I am going to the Father. That's who we're putting our our faith in, Jesus. Jesus, look at all the things he did, how he healed people, how he spoke, how he treated people, how he, like, took away lines of, like, race and, like, prejudice and, like, treated women well, like, in in a time when, like, they didn't treat them. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus was, like, revolutionary in the way that he acted and he said that we're going to do even better things than that you know what i'm saying like that's that's huge so tonight we're going to worship let's like put our eyes on jesus like that verse says that's all i want to do i i, I kind of want to challenge you a little bit just to say just to be like hey what are you gonna do you know what i'm saying like ask yourself if i put my faith in jesus for real how is this going to look are, am I going to be healing people on campus? Are my friends around me going to get saved? You know what I'm saying? Are, is my family going to look different? Lauren, you talked about that. That was so sick. Like, like these are the things that could happen. But we're putting, we have to take our faith and no longer put it in little things so that we have little faith and put it in something big, Jesus, so that he can do great things with it. Okay? So ask yourself, what are you choosing to put your faith in? And look to Jesus, look in his eyes, and see who he is.